0: Hey everybody and welcome back for episode 59 of the PATH Podcast. I am Jason. I'm Derek. And we are so glad that you have decided to join us on the PATH this week. Um, We are continuing on in Missions Month here at the PATH Podcast and we have a really cool interview to share with you with a guy named Keith Ivey that um, you're going to learn some really cool things about how you can be involved in missions. Uh, But before we do that, we started a new series yesterday, Derek, called Letters. And... um, If you would, just sort of, um, maybe for people who didn't catch it yesterday or people who hadn't heard the sermon yet, kind of set the stage for letters for us. What is that about? And then let's talk about uh, Titus chapter 1 that we talked about yesterday.
1: Yeah, I think when we kind of originally thought, hey, let's do this series, we knew we had a a certain number of weeks. And so we thought it would be fun to do something in the New Testament, particularly Mm -hmm. in the letters. And some of the letters that are shorter. Yeah. So that's kind of what started. But really, there's there's a, a thread or a theme throughout Titus, Philemon, and uh, Jude, where we see, you know, the writers of those. Paul wrote two of them, uh, Titus and Philemon, and Jude wrote Jude. And we see how they are passing on their faith. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very personal letters. They're, um, you know, Paul calls Titus his, his son in the faith. Um, Paul um, is, is intentionally, Setting systems and things up after he uh, leaves the earth and his job is done, he's yeah. ensuring that someone's there to take the mantle and and carry the torch, if you will, in Titus. And so that's you know kind of the gist of of Titus, but even the whole series is just kind of this idea of passing our faith on to uh, to those who will carry it once we're gone. Yeah. And, um, and that's really what yesterday was specifically about as we looked at Titus chapter 1 is that we see Paul um, uh, laying his heart out um, You know, in verses 1 through 4. He's like, this, this is who I am. I'm a servant of God. I'm an apostle of mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. I'm giving my life for the faith of God's uh, elect and the knowledge of the truth at least the godliness and the hope of eternal life that God. So he he's he's talking about this gospel message, this message of Christ, this message of the cross, that he'd been carrying for years and years and years. Yeah. That he, you know, so he sets this stage of this is who I am, this is what I've been giving my life to, and then, Bam, here's my son Titus. Here's mm-hmm. here you are, Titus. And here uh, you will Um, set all this up and carry this on in your own church and you'll set up elders and you'll make sure that they're going to pass it on. And so this, you see this uh, replicating Mm -hmm. ministry, this replicating discipleship that takes place kind of in this familial framework of father, son, and, you know, son and, and, and future generations. As well, yeah. So.
0: That's great. Yeah, I, I love this. Um, I think this idea of legacy is something that um, you know we we all love the idea of leaving a legacy, like you know, outside of spiritual matters. But mm-hmm. we just we just want to be remembered, right? Oh, yeah, that's what we want to do. And um, and I think the thing that is is so both um, fascinating and challenging about our Christian faith is that. We are to leave a legacy. We are to um, to pour our faith into others, but it's not for our own sake. It's not to mm-hmm. make a name for ourselves. We are to leave a legacy for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of Christ. And, um, and I think that Titus especially really helps us to see Paul, you know, pouring into— it. while there is this father-son relationship, there's also this— um, uh, this discipleship that happens this sort of like a mentor to a mentee if mm-hmm, you will and mm-hmm. and um and i i love the fact that god in his sovereignty has given us these really personal letters mm-hmm. that you know most most other books in the in the bible are very um they they're not personal like it was a correspondence between two people. It was you know most of Paul's other letters are Paul writing to the whole church in mm-hmm. a city or um, you know here's the gospel of this the story of Jesus. Whereas this is this is correspondence between two people mm-hmm. and um, and I think that that's a part of the Christian life that we struggle at sometimes is that whole one on one interaction part um, and, and the fact that we we all. Want to leave a legacy, but a lot of times we—that's where we get stuck. Mm -hmm. As we say, I want to leave a legacy, but we don't do anything about it. And the thing that is beautiful in these letters is that Paul says, "I want to leave a legacy for the sake of the gospel," and he goes out and finds somebody to pour into. Right. uh, Which I think is really important for us. We can learn a lot from that. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Well, um, yesterday I, I alluded to. An article I had read about a study called "The State of the Bible" for mm-hmm. 2021, and it came out last week. Uh, the article did uh, that highlighted some of the findings, and it you know it said less than half of professing Christians mm-hmm. live out of faith. Yeah, and you know they had some uh, ways that they you know uh, the the data that that came from all that that they were able to determine that and decipher that. Mm-hmm. The article didn't go into the data; it just. Said, "Here's the link, and you can yeah. go check out the data for yourself." But it, it, right. it made some of those, um, you know, findings known, and and that's daunting, you know, um, that, um, you know, there are people who who have a faith, but they aren't pouring it out to someone else. Yeah, they aren't giving it to a future generation. You know, and I th- another thing is, I think oftentimes we talk about discipleship or leaving a legacy in the framework of our own families and that's important and we're failing to do that as well mm-hmm. but it but it's beyond that also right you know we we're not relegated strictly to you know uh, Caroline Lottie Charlie and Colt that's not the only people that I'm meant to leave a legacy to right you know mm-hmm. uh, I, I need to leave a, a fielder legacy in their lives mm-hmm. you know uh, uh, the fielder household and you yeah. know the uh, legacy that was trusted to me from my grandparents and dad and and certainly that needs to be passed on but then that legacy of faith is far greater yeah. and it's not strictly something I need to do just for my kids and I do need to do that mm-hmm. and I'm striving to but I fail fall short sure. there as well but it's something I need to be doing <clears throat> to future generations you know and you and you don't just have to be a preacher or pastor absolutely yeah to have that calling you know you know or to be able to to do that it's not like well you got to leave a legacy now you got all, everybody has to go out to be a pastor no, no. We, it can be in your workplace where you invite people to come to church or you know invite people to trust on the Lord Jesus you know or your neighbor or or um or with even within the church ensuring that the next generation has that um message to hold on to as as Paul said, mm. as he was telling Titus to build into um, to elders, um, he says in verse nine, holding to the faithful message as taught, so we need to as one generation to the next need to teach the coming you know other Christians that will be here after we're gone. How to hold fast to yeah. that message? Yeah, I think it's a great point. I,
0: I think too, though, a lot of times we we struggle because we have this mentality of I have to go leave a legacy mm-hmm. that it's all up to me, and that's not that's not what God tells us in Scripture. It's mm-hmm. hey, go be obedient to me. Go go share the gospel. Go and make disciples of the nations. But but I'm going with you.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm the one who's responsible for the results, not you. Yeah. Is what is what God is saying to us. And I, you know, I heard um, a- Andy Stanley spoke one time at a conference I was at, and he he said so often we get it mixed up because we think I have to go fill somebody up. Mm-hmm. But God has not called us to go fill up other people. God has called us to empty ourselves. And so it's like this mentality of you know, you, you have a cup, so to speak. That, that's the, the, uh, the image. And I'm just, I'm going to go empty out my cup every mm-hmm. day. God fills me up. I go and empty it out. And he's responsible for the results of that. Yeah. He's the one who, um, works in people's hearts. He's the one who, uh, through the Holy Spirit draws people back to himself. That's not, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. We're just obedient to, to go and empty ourselves and continue to remind people about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and i think that that's we we put way too much pressure on ourselves to make things happen mm-hmm. when god's not putting that pressure on us yeah. uh, to to go and and uh, be the ones who sanctify people or yeah. draw people back to him it's he's the one who does that
1: we're not responsible for the results of, of someone following that's right. up to them yeah but we are responsible for our own obedience absolutely yeah to the lord And that obedience takes intentionality. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that we fail to do oftentimes. Right. Is that we just kind of live our lives and just think that things will happen by osmosis or just, well, the Lord will work it out. Well, no, the Lord uses people. Yeah. So we have to do something. Mm -hmm. But you're absolutely right in saying that it's not our weight to carry to expect every person that I. Pour into or just try to disciple is going to do that you yeah. know uh, paul the story of paul is is replete with people who followed him for a while mm-hmm. and then you know and and he mentions that in second timothy yeah uh you know quite quite a few uh, different people and he talks about how they were infiltrated by some of these false teachers and mm-hmm. faded away and And so, you know what? Paul just kept trudging on. That's right. And he found those that he could intentionally pour into. And he said, Titus, you got to go find people that you can intentionally pour into as well and set this thing up so that in intentionality, the structure is there, yeah. for all this to work. And if the structure's not there, it won't, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Well, and you see, you see that, as, I think a great example for us is Paul, as you read through the book of Acts, that he goes into towns mm-hmm. and he shares the gospel with passion and with power. And he goes into some towns and nobody responds. And so he says, that's okay. He shakes the dust off his feet and he moves on to the next town mm-hmm. and continues to be obedient to do what God had called him to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think that some some would think that Paul should maybe you know he's not seeing results Paul should just stop you know or Paul should be sad and upset about it and I'm sure he was upset about man i I love you enough to let you know that you need this yeah but it's not my job to make sure that you respond to it well mm-hmm. um and and so I think that's a great example for us that as we are leaving a legacy that it again we are not responsible for the uh we're not responsible for the results we're responsible to be obedient mm-hmm. so
1: yeah I think it was a great transition to that um, um interview with Keith because yeah. you know that's what we do in missions too is absolutely you know, we go and we trust God to work mm-hmm so, yeah, you're exactly
0: right. It is a great transition. And so we would love for you to uh, stay tuned for this interview with Keith Ivey. Uh, he works for the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. And um, we'd encourage you to um, stick around and hear what he has to say. And we will be back to close things up here in just a little bit. All right. Well, as promised, everyone, we are here with Mr. Keith Ivey. Um, Keith, uh, thank you for joining us today. We appreciate it. We appreciate you taking some time for us. Um, and so today what we would love to do is just get to know you a little better and then learn a little bit about um, how Georgia Baptists are working in the area of missions. So um, if you wouldn't mind, just tell us a little bit about yourself and about um, your ministry and and we'll go
2: from there. Well, I'm, I'm from Georgia. I'm from South Georgia originally, and I've served for 21 years on church staffs, 15 as a pastor. Came up to North Georgia to serve in a community ministry in the Helen, Cleveland, Hiawassee, Blairsville area in 2007, uh, working with churches, local churches, being on mission in the mountain area, serving those communities in whatever way God allowed. Um, just uh, if uh, if we had the resources, Jesus would do it. We could we could go do it and share share with them. And it was pretty neat time. Uh, in that process, I also worked with some of those area associations, and then I was an associational missionary for a season and in 2019 became a, the emissions consultant for, for North Georgia with the Georgia Baptist Mission Board, uh, and that's currently the position that I'm in. Um, I, and again, like I said, I'm from South Georgia. I've been married since 1988, wonderful wife, 33 years together, and four awesome kids, and just uh, been a real blessing to serve the Lord in so many different capacities. But what I get to do now is kind of a culmination of all that I've done, everything that I told you, is a part of what I get to do today. Matter of fact, I just came from meeting with a group of pastors and in the uh, the coming area, talking about how to reach that area with the gospel and strengthen those churches with our most lost zip code focus. Uh, so that and helping churches partner with churches across the nation and internationally even uh, is, a, is a big part of what I do. And then helping churches just strategize to be those Acts 1-8 congregations God called us to be.
1: Very cool. So, where
2: uh, where in South Georgia are you from originally? I'm from Albany. Okay. Which, when when you say that, somebody automatically says, "Is that Albany?" Yeah, yeah. And I say, "Well, you know, anyway, that's that's just I just want to get that out of the way." So, somebody <laughs> says, "Oh, he's from Albany," but that's okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah,
1: you definitely have to say it that way for sure. So well, I'm I'm from just curious.
2: Georgia, born and raised.
1: Okay. Nice. Yeah. Our my family um, is from south georgia middle middle low middle to south um and moved up here when my granddad started working at lockheed so okay. um so i have uh, had family in that area i'm sure i still do but i don't know who they are so <laughs> but yeah very cool cool well keith if you wouldn't mind uh, beyond the obvious
0: reasons that we are we are great commission uh yeah. believers what would you say drives your passion for missions beyond uh, the fact that we are called to be missionary people, but what, what oh, would you say drives you?
2: Oh yeah. I mean, I, I am, um, well, I love people. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I love the Lord. He's, uh, he's, you know, he's my savior. I mean, I just, you know, I, I want people to know what I know, I want them to know the hope that is within me. I want to, you know, work with uh, having worked with people in all different states of life. I mean, whether they're, rich or poor or young or old or whatever situation they're in. I mean, they're, they are seeking to, to find hope somewhere. And, uh, you know, the heart of missions is evangelism and discipleship actually um, to go and make those disciples, to go and share the gospel. And so bringing that hope, that answer in the context that you find people, you know, their community context, their, their cultural context, not the gospel being changed, but just entering into life with them and, it showing and and, and and sharing Jesus in such a, a profound way. So that and also a distinct love for the local church. I just really do. I believe in the local church. I, uh, not only do I see it in scripture in terms of, of the kingdom of God, but I also see the beauty of it just in what we can be and what we're called to be and invited to be through the leadership of the Holy Spirit. So the church being on mission is just, I don't know, it's just uh, something cool to see. Is there you? Would you say there's a moment in your life where you that really came
1: very vibrant for you, or just kind of something you've grown in all along gradually? How
2: is there something like that you could describe, or you know, uh, I think um, coming out of seminary and serving in Louisiana in a in a community that was, you know, seventy percent active Catholic, uh, different culturally from South Georgia, uh, we were the only Baptist church, and one of the only few evangelical churches in the community, just being a part of that community, and then going on mission with folks from that community to other places, and as a pastor and a youth minister, really, and, you know, you, you'll dial this back to youth ministry, and that's really interesting um, that a lot of us say that, and um, mm. well, I uh, I think one leader said one time, everything I learned to be a pastor, I learned in youth ministry. And <laughs> so there's a lot of truth to that. You know, yeah. being on mission uh, with as a youth minister with those teams early on uh, sealed a, a love and excitement for what um, that would do. And then, I don't know, the church, um, maybe just, uh, Derek, just this um, desire, belief, to be a part of what the spirit is doing Mm -hmm. and nowhere have I seen the spirit move, uh, in the same way that he moves in the context of that dynamics of a local body of believers seeking God together and being on mission together.
0: Mm, That's great. Yeah, that's profound.
2: Yes. I, you know, for me, I would, I would say like,
1: again, youth ministry being in youth ministry, but we 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 took a lot of mission trips you know i went as an 11th grader to jamaica you know and so stuff like that was very important to me going you know not just talking about it or thinking about it or saying we need to do that but actually you know kind of biting the bullet and going yeah. and so i you know part of the reasons we have you on this month and 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 others as well we're we're trying to help folks see Uh, the need to go, but then also give opportunities to go um, as a church, as a body, hoping to build that same kind of passion, you know, in in our own hearts here, so.
2: Well, I do believe that we spend a lot of time talking about Christianity Mm -hmm. and talking about our relationship with Jesus, and we have a church is full of people with lots of information, but truly, we we have, uh, we are less and less uh, a church that does the gospel. And we really need wow. to do the gospel. We, not that we need to. That's, it's almost like we're talking about a business transaction. I don't mean that. We don't need, we need to, that's what we're called to be. That's who we are. We're yeah. denying who we are. And so I just really, you know, we, we won't have the joy. We won't, all these things we talk about, um, but, but fundamentally, we will not be true to our, our calling, our salvation. So greatest salvation that we have, all of those things. Um, I don't know, just, just, uh, this is, uh, this is at the core of it.
0: Very cool. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great word. Um, So along those same lines is that you, you know, you've had this experience where, where you feel um, drawn into missions, if you will. Um, What would you say to the person who says, I am not called to missions or I don't have time to go on a mission trip. I can't take off from work to go do that. What would you say to that person who says that they don't feel the calling to missions in their life?
2: Well, uh, first of all, I don't think uh, we really need to be called to missions. I mean, we're already sent. You go back to John 2021. 20, Jesus said, as the father sent me, I've sent you. Yeah. So every single believer is a missionary. We, we, we will, we Jesus said, you, sh- you will be my witnesses. You know, you're going to be a good one, bad one, mediocre one, you're going to witness of whatever relationship you have with me in the world. Um, so in that sense, I don't, I think, I think we put so much pressure on that concept of calling when so much of, of, of this is just being obedient to yeah. God's call on every believer. So that's, that's the first thing. So the, but the next thing I would say is you know, take the pressure off, you know, they don't have to go like I go, they don't have to go like you guys go, they don't have to go like the, the career missionary who's gone and planted their life in, a, in another country, um, they just need to go in whatever way God has enabled them to go, you know, and, and, and I think that's where, that's where what we're doing with the mission board, I, I really like to talk about, because this idea of a partnership, church to church, or whatever, is about the journey. It's about the process, about doing life together. It's not about one mission trip, or it's not about one particular way of doing missions. It's about a Zoom call. It's about a, uh, a an encouragement box. It's about a prayer partner. It's about uh, learning the context, learning the culture. It is about, at some point, being together in person and working side by side. It may not be about a week project. It might be a weekend project. It might be uh, going and and letting the pastor take some time off and filling in for him or or supplementing another ministry for a season. And most of the folks that we talk to have, if they've been in the church long enough, they have some gifts that they can offer. And I think that's part of our challenge is to help them discover that that gift that they have, it may be that they're an accountant, it may be that they're, you know, a, a teacher of some subject in school. Uh, all of those people have tremendous gifts for the mission field. Um, in in the traditional sense, but also in the non-traditional sense.
1: That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, um, you know, perhaps one of the hardest jobs as a pastor is to help people to number one, discover their gifts and how God has shaped them, but then show them ways that are outside of the box outside of the typical, if you will, or what they have in their own mind of you can serve the Lord using the strengths he's given you in a really unique way. And, um, but though it's challenging, it's been like super rewarding to put people in positions, you know, and give them opportunities that kind of take that spiritual growth to the next level for them or or whatever, you know? So uh, I I think that's a great word as well.
2: It it, it takes an investment of time that most of us either, we don't want to invest because we want, Quick results, or maybe we haven't taken the time to communicate to our congregations that hey, this is different. This is not just about plugging somebody in and winning a hundred people tomorrow. This mm-hmm. is about you know starting that discipleship group that disciples, disciplers, and then they start discipleship group. It's like that. It's, mm-hmm. it's 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 going on a mission trip with the two people that are willing, right? Yeah, yeah. Having a great meaningful project, come back and reporting, and taking four next time, and mm-hmm, then six mm-hmm. next time, and, you know, it, it, and it's just all of those things, and it's, it's, um, it's thinking about it, and, and I, I think it's thinking about it in a more real way, yeah, and, and it's, and, and, and just, I keep, always say, it's, it's, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint that we're on, and, yeah. and we forget that, we're just human, and we forget it. Yeah, it helps to
1: be more sustainable in the long, in the long run, rather yes. than a kind of flash in a pan, it's, it's something you can do, and, and build up, and, and uh, be able to connect, you
2: know. Um,
1: I think that, down the road. Just,
2: that consistency is what our culture needs. Yeah. To reach yeah. our culture, it, we're going to need to be the slow and steady gospel witness um, yeah. because it's a slow and steady day. Very yeah. good. Yeah, I think you're right. I think so
0: often we we boil discipleship down to a six-week study that you go through, and those things are great. Don't get me wrong. Right. They, those Those things serve a purpose, but I mean, if you look at the example of scripture, Jesus spent every single day with 12 guys for three years that's right that's and they right still and they still didn't get it i know they were
2: still knuckleheads that's right yeah yeah
0: <laughs> yeah and so it's it, it's it's a it's a long process and it's a it's a huge investment but to your point it's so rewarding in the long run mm-hmm. i think you're right that's right so, um, so Keith, you've you've alluded to this a little bit, but what are some ways that our church here in Lafayette could get involved specifically um, with the mission efforts of Georgia Baptists?
2: Wow. Um, so when I meet with a church, um, there's like there's really two big, you know, uh, pathways. The first one is for a church that's developing a strategy, a strategy to engage. Uh, their local community, the region, the nation, the international community, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost, Acts 1-8, and helping them uh, do that, helping them say, okay, how can we form, whether that's that team that addresses it, whether it's staff, whether it's some volunteers, and beginning to say, how can we intentionally plan? Because the truth is, if we don't intentionally plan this, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We can have all the good intentions we want to. We can talk about it all day long, but until we sit down and actually put some pen to paper and put it on the calendar and so that we can't, we can't avoid it. It's there. We're going to do, you know, we're going to do the thing that, you know, that that pops up, you know, whether it's a Sunday school crisis or, or something related to the church family. And those are all legitimate things, but if we don't plan for this other stuff, it won't happen. So that, that planning piece, that strategy piece is really important. And we, and i can i we sort of do that with churches coaching and meeting a church where they are every church is at different levels some churches can take take it and run with it and then i'm just cheering them on some can uh, some need the help and the training and there maybe they're building mission teams or whatever so i would say the first thing for any church is to just look at how they can become intentional in this process and so strategic but in that process we're inviting churches to engage in partnerships with churches um Regionally, uh, through what we're calling the most lost zip code, and that is 30044, the coming area, where we just had the meeting about that today. Uh, and then nationally, and for the Northwest region, our partner state is Utah, Idaho, SBC, and then international, which is Argentina. And in all of those areas, it's, it's really cool because, you know, all missions really is local missions. So in the sense that you're always working with a local pastor it's their Jerusalem. And so you want to come alongside them and say, Hey, what's God telling you to do? What's the direction? What's the vision he's given you? How can we partner with you and what God is doing here and called you to do here? How can we strengthen that and be a partner in that? And I like to say it's kind of like if you thought of if, if we in our churches were to have partners to help us in the ministry God's called us to, what would we want? And yeah. we want to do the same thing with them. So, so, uh, so churches can engage with another congregation in the region, uh, just hour or two away and go and they can, uh, they, can, uh, they can learn about that congregation, learn about their community. They can go serve with them on local projects. Perhaps they can strengthen some area of training the church needs or maybe some area even of discipleship, all kinds of possibilities when you talk about churches doing life together. The same thing nationally, we're going uh, next week, actually, September 14th through the 21st to Utah. Uh, we're going to have about six churches represented on the trip, and we're going to go and meet with pastors and leaders throughout the area around Salt Lake City. Um, well, not in Salt Lake City, but several places near there. And we are, we're just going to do a deep dive with those guys to learn about what partnering with churches in that area might look like, what their needs are. We're going to ask them what they're doing. Um, what, what is, uh, and, and so we're going to come back with an idea of what that looks like. Uh, Lord willing, in March of 22, uh, we're going to go to Argentina. We've already had a, a an in-person, a, a Zoom conference with uh, the International Mission Board team, uh, the Buenos Aires team in Argentina. It's on our, our in our Facebook group. Uh, you can y'all can take a look at that and share that if you want to. But it's um, uh, but talking to them about what they're doing. Uh, it's exciting. I've already had contact with some other great commission partners in Argentina and actually got to preach for Argentina churches, homecoming, so oh, wow. to speak, uh, church, a church planning network. I got to preach online and had a wonderful friend translate for me. It was great. Um, so I preached in Argentina. Um, <laughs> but, um, but no, so, so that kind of gives you a picture. So not only are we coming to church and say, Hey, God's called you to be an Acts one, eight church. Every local body of believers is an Acts one, eight church what does that look like for you? Uh, not only that we're developing these partnerships. So now you can actually take these steps. Um, Mm -hmm. any church can go to any of the places I described. And just like we talked about, there's all kinds of opportunities from virtual prayer support to going in person, um, all kinds of opportunities. So that's the basic thing, but I'll just close with this, those thoughts with this, that if a church said, Hey, you know, we've got some missionaries that we know that are serving in and you name the country. And my answer is going to be, that is great. How can I help you minister to them? Mm. Because this is not about a Georgia Baptist program. It's not about a particular country, so to speak, other than we're helping to develop that partnership so that when you go, you know, you're a part of something that is strategic and intentional. And so that, so that's, that's really the heartbeat of that. That makes sense.
1: That does make sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I love I love that partnership opportunity. Um, I was hoping to get to go to Idaho uh, next week. This didn't work out on my schedule, but I, I hope and pray I'll be able to go to Argentina on that vision trip in in March, if possible. I'm going to hold you to it. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I really I think you know this is a neat advantage or a neat opportunity that our church needs to take advantage of that you know the the partnerships are already being built a lot of the a lot of the you know difficult work is already being done and so uh i i think that's a, a gift i really appreciate the regional aspect of the georgia baptist mission board particularly emissions uh team and those partnerships that you all are are building i i, I think that's uh it seems like that's just how it should have been done all along, you know, and, but, you know, which I, I'm I'm glad it is being done that way now. So, uh, I, I, I'm on board and hope, hopefully our church will, um, be able to have some opportunities possibly to go to some of those places you've mentioned and, uh, others as well. So.
2: It is very exciting. It's been a blessing to work with brothers in Christ in those areas and, and sisters in Christ. And they, the beauty of this partnership is that they know really where we need to be yeah and really how we need to partner and 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 they're they're building that bridge from that side so that when we enter that we're we're in a meaningful strategic intentional initiative you know it's not just you know hey let's just 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 go do something so yeah. I, yeah. I just i love that so anyway yeah. Yeah, that's awesome
0: that's, that's great, great. Well, Keith, thank you so much uh, for taking time to be with us on the, the podcast today. We really appreciate it. Um, any, any final thoughts that you'd like to leave with the people?
2: <laughs> you know, just the, just the knowledge that they are sent. I mean, mm-hmm. this, is, this is God's, God has sent them. And, and our challenge, and sometimes, and sometimes, I'll be honest with you, is limited by our, by our creativity, mm-hmm. our, our willingness to be creative, our challenges to discover how we can go. Um, and it, it, so there's really no question as to whether I should go, um, not even so much about where I should go. I should go wherever I can go, yeah. and frankly, wherever I am, I should go there. <laughs> so um, there I, go. I'm always going, and so how I go is the question, and and that's that's my job to seek the Spirit it is to to seek God's direction and to to seek His partnership and direction, and and what if I if I have some in some way I'm I'm a short in some area, man, that's my job to get prepared. So that's, that's my final thought. It's very cool. Well, thank you so much, Keith. We appreciate you taking time for us today. Oh, my privilege guys. Thank you.
0: All right. Thank you so much. All right. Well, again, thank you, Keith Ivey, for joining us. We hope you enjoyed that. There are some great opportunities to be involved in mission work through the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. You'll hear us talk about that more in the weeks ahead. Um, But we hope that you are learning a lot about all of the various opportunities that we have uh, as believers in Jesus and followers of Christ, um, both here and around the globe. Uh, to be involved in the mission that God has given us to go and share the gospel. Um, and so we would love to hear from you. If you have any questions about how you can be involved more, we'd love to answer those for you. You can email us at thepath at um, or you can comment on the podcast or on this YouTube video. And um, we would love to help you find out where you can get plugged in and use the gifts that God has given you. Uh, But until next time, I am Jason, I'm Derek, and we hope that you will join us again as we continue down the path.